fundamentally what is it that a human being is looking for when he's when he wants to say that it's an awesome workplace is am i feeling valued am i being valued in the organization does the organization look at me for the capabilities that i bring to the table is the organization leveraging enough out of me hello and welcome to the helping organizations thrive podcast this is your host Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts, and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organizations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Harini Srinivasan. Uh, welcome to you, Harini. Hi, Julian. Absolutely. My pleasure to be here. Good to see you. I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. You are a business transformation evangelist, uh, a design thinker, a neuroscience enthusiast, and a behavioral scientist, adept at unlocking human potential in organizations. And you've got over 24 years of successful experiments in the areas of leveraging people's potential for business agility and excellent. And you're also a um, part of that. You're, you're a TED Talk. You've done a number of TED Talks, and you're a crusader for zero student suicides. Um, we will be exploring today how to build an awesome workplace organisation through trust uh, and transparency. And so, before we get into that, Harini, I'd like to ask you: What do you love about what you do? Um, that's a that's a that's a fantastic opening question. Uh, if you ask me at this moment, uh, I, I I love everything that I do because what I do is is building awesome workplaces on which which operate on a fundamental behavior of trust and transparency. So that's what I do do for a living. Uh, that's something that is so close to my heart. It's uh, it, it's absolute conviction that I do. So I'm, I'm part of uh, an institute called a Semco Style Institute, based out of Netherlands and uh, present in multiple countries. What we do is transform organizations and help them uh, build a new organizational culture based on trust and transparency. So uh, I, I I love what I'm doing, uh, and probably I could also say that I live what I'm doing because uh, that's that's my fundamental belief as well. That's great, and uh, thank you for that. And before we get on to you know how we build a, an awesome uh, organization or a workplace or workplace culture uh, from your experience how would you define what an awesome workplace is or an awesome place to working and that's I mean, it's almost completely in some ways subjective but from your experience from your travels around the world and different organization what what would you put that on as a definition yeah i'll i'll go to fundamentally what is it that a human being uh, really sees uh, in a workplace what is it that a human being uh, really enjoys uh, in a workplace is it bean bags is it uh, snooker tables is it flexible work hours these are all small tools that probably make us a workplaces but fundamentally what is it that a human being is looking for when he's when he wants to say that it's an awesome workplace is am i feeling valued am i being valued in the organization does the organization look at me for the capabilities that i bring to the table is the organization leveraging enough out of me am i being valued for what i'm bringing to the table am i going back feeling 
appreciated, feeling content with whatever I've delivered at the workplace. I think even if you have a very simple looking office, no fancy colors on the walls, but if your processes, your organization structure is all designed in a way that people are at the center of it and every individual goes home feeling as if he or she owns their business, I think that's an awesome workplace in my mind. Yeah, and I think we often forget in organizations that actually it's made up of, of people, uh, human beings who have feelings, emotions, uh, needs, and actually that, that greatest need of feeling valued or feeling that you can make a contribution is quite core. And I think actually focusing on that is a good place to start. As you say, beanbags, free fruit Friday, all these things are all slightly tactical things but don't really always make people feel valued and anyway you know, a lot of people are working in more of a hybrid organization anyway now so not even in the workplace um so taking that sort of thread of you know making people feel valued what wh- what do we need to think about to you know if i was a, a leader of an organization now thinking how do i know i'm making people feel valued what, how would you sort of address that sort of question I think it fundamentally starts with how the organization is structured, right? Uh, I'm not against having organization charts, but the point I'm trying to make is if your organization chart is is showcasing that everything that you do needs to go through so many approvals of people positioned about you in the organization chart, and every decision has to come uh, top-down, flowing through so many levels, then the message that we are communicating is we do not value your intellect. We do not value your decision-making ability. So the way an organization is structured, the way communication flows, the way uh, governance mechanisms are designed, I think all of these demonstrate uh, to individuals whether they're being valued or not. It's Mm. not enough if you have value statements written on the wall. They they remain as words on the wall if they are not translated into action. So if there's there's a company which has a very flat structure, okay, there's just one boss and everyone reports into that boss, they cannot claim that they are egalitarian because egalitarian is is in the process. Now, if all the dozen people who report into the boss cannot move an inch without the boss's approval, Mm. then that flat structure really doesn't make sense. And None of them is being valued for the intellect that they bring in. Right? So feeling valued, it starts with how the organization is structured, how, how communication flows, how uh, processes mm. are, and how governance happens. It's as simple as that. And it, it's like, you know, it's, it's empowering people. It's entrusting people with the responsibility that they've been paid to do a, a role, a job. And actually, they're empowered or got a responsibility to actually go off and, and execute on that, isn't it? And it's almost ties into that whole trust piece doesn't it and that's quite important isn't it and it's it's how we because when you trust people there's a risk comes with it doesn't it there's there's always a risk factor but i always (laughs) say if you don't trust people there's another risk factor actually you don't get things what you'd like to so let's explore a little bit more about that whole trust piece of why it's important and how we sort of build that and and what have you found some real i guess observations of trust in action really within the organizations you've worked with yeah. so 
you, you rightly said, uh, trusting people sometimes feels difficult because uh, we, we assume that uh, they they are not uh, they are not well informed, uh, they are not experienced, they may make mistakes. So trust is definitely uh, a factor which uh, you know comes with a lot of uh, other experiences behind it. But let me give you a story. Uh, there was a there was an organization that uh, I was helping them build a culture of trust and uh, and there was a group of people who said okay here is an important task and my team members are all fresh out of college uh, they may not be able to perform it completely because uh, they're not experienced enough so I'm going to get down there I'm going to be on my knees roll up my sleeves get my hand dirty and solve the problem for them right so I tried asking that. Can you keep? Can you look at the problem? Can you help have conversations with them? Equip them with how they find the solution and then move ahead. So manager said, no, 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 that's not possible because I don't have the luxury of time. So let me go ahead and solve it for them. So what is happening in this process is because the manager did not trust their capability. I'm not talking about trust only as a as as a uh, another word for integrity. I'm talking about trust in the capabilities, right? The manager did not trust in the capabilities of the team members. He went there and solved the problem for them. In the process, what he did, he started building an atmosphere of comfort and apathy. People in the team decided, okay, next time I have something to do, I'm going to sit back. My manager will come and help me do it. So he's actually building a bigger problem. Now look at the cost of that bigger problem. Mm. Had you taken a step back right now and equipped them with with information, enable them to take a decision, even if the decision had failed because you couldn't act quickly, you're at least equipping them to handle similar situations later. Otherwise, mm. the same thing can keep happening again and again. And you're building a culture of complacence and no one taking ownership and accountability and everybody mm. waiting for somebody to come down and solve the problem. So imagine the cost of that versus the cost of a small delay or a small failure now. And building trust is, is a two-way street. You cannot get trust of your team unless you demonstrate trust. So here is an opportunity where the manager should demonstrate trust and say, look, folks, I trust you. I trust you. And all that I'm going to do is I'm going to equip you, help you. And together, we're going to find a way out. And the moment you demonstrate trust, I think you get it very easily. Uh, you know, often we say that, uh, you you uh, give trust and you, it's, it's a give and take. I would say it's a give and get. You don't even have to take it. It comes back to you. Mm -hmm. right? It's a two-way street. So trusting people's capabilities now and helping and enabling them is, is definitely a smaller loss if there's a delay when you compare with a bigger loss that will happen when people get into a complacent attitude. Because with, with trust, it... it you know that example you gave there uh, you know the manager getting involved probably he perceived it as me being quicker getting on and doing it and and, and there's a speed element to it actually yeah. trust takes a little bit more time doesn't it and it's slightly slower pace but actually in the long term will benefit you but it's also i think interesting to note that when you trust people you're signaling that you value what they do aren't you and that's that's oh, going yeah. back to that value oh, yeah. piece again and, isn't it yeah Yes, and that's not uh, that's not a message just to that individual. It's a message which goes to the larger audience, to ev to everyone, saying there was a crisis. The manager trusted the capability of this person. 
he uh, helped him navigate through that crisis and uh, of course he values the individual and therefore he helped him so it it goes on so whatever you demonstrate to one individual gets passed on it gets magnified and passed on to several others and therefore it's it's very very critical to operate in that frame of trust and transparency yeah because it's the it's the power of a role modeling isn't it people observe oh, yes. more than you than you Absolutely. realize actually in fact Absolutely. in fact that's how people do learn um Absolutely. but actually entrusting people uh, and trusting people starts to multiply your capacity your effectiveness um and also you know really just create this sense of wow they're really entrusting with me with this stuff but also i think what people also perhaps forget when you whether you how you have you want to term entrust empower you still got to support people and give them the right resources haven't you you still got to be there you know available and not just sort of throw things at people and off you go and leave you to it uh, there's an element of dialogue and communication in how you work that process through isn't it yes absolutely i like i have a very interesting story so i was telling a group of uh, 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 family managed business owners uh, recently and i was telling them about how important it is for leaders to step back uh, trust in the capability of their teams and they know how to do, do their jobs and trust in their capability and step back and uh, one of those uh, uh, owners business owners was very prompt enough to tell me it doesn't work so when i probed further he said i trusted my team's capability and i went away on a month's vacation i didn't look in the direction of the office and when i came back i noticed that everything was crazily going wrong and some of them had quit the company and started a comp- comp- uh, started off as a competitor so i said look it's not washing your hands off it's about stepping back after equipping them with all the necessary resources hmm. giving them clear visibility of what is the desired result and letting them figure out how to get there and then step back and step in whenever they have a doubt whenever there is a problem that they couldn't solve whenever there is a roadblock whenever there is an obstacle remove the obstacle and step back again so trusting people letting them work the way they want is all about stepping back and stepping in and not washing hands off mm. that, that's not so you you can't just dump it on somebody and vanish because people will still look up to the leader for the richness of experience the wisdom that they bring with them so it's not about just let because if something goes wrong who's accountable you you can't hold uh the 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 people at the periphery of the business accountable for it if they do did not have all the information if they did not have somebody to go back to when in doubt so the accountability is still with the leader so it's about stepping back and then stepping in whenever required hmm and we started this conversation talking about how we're going to build awesome workplaces organizations and you know we started that whole piece about you know making people feel valued as almost the sort of the, the start points and we got into trust what other ways uh, can we i guess build upon that to ensure that we're building these organizations that are productive thriving people feeling fulfilled all those sort of factors that start to create this sort of awesome organization yeah so uh, people feeling valued uh, might still sound a little philosophic so let me help break that down for you uh, let me talk a little more pragmatic how do you how do you decode feeling valued okay uh, i think uh, 
one very simple thing is treating adults as adults right so uh, when when we are growing up uh, by the time we 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 graduate out of college uh, i think uh, our parents have been telling us that now you are grown up stand on your own feet make your own decisions and and i think uh, you know people do take decisions with accountability people decide what course to pursue uh, which job offer to accept uh, who should be my life partner when should i start a family when should i buy a house what kind of car should i buy so people are do they do have the ability to take such decisions and be accountable for those decisions so the people who come into the workplace are adults in this sense i'm not talking about the age i'm talking about definition of adults where you can take decisions and you can be accountable for those decisions so simply treating adults as adults without forcing them to follow boarding school rules is something that will help them feel that they are valued because you're valuing their mm. intellect another way to show how you value your people is through your words and actions eliminate fear of failure and fear of consequence if if people if if the team members are encouraged to speak freely share ideas come up with solutions without fear of consequence without worrying what will happen to my annual performance appraisal if they are able to talk about let me try this without worrying about what will happen if it fails if you're doing that if if you're able to demonstrate that then you're showing that you value people because you're saying that you value the intellect uh, and it's important for us to understand that when we hire a pair of hands we're also hiring the brain that comes with it so we cannot disregard the brain saying okay you're here only to take instructions and go ahead and work right the brain has to be stimulated to do its thinking and if not then you're creating another bigger problem so people feel valued when they have the freedom to bring their entire self to work in the sense with the fear of failure and fear of consequence eliminated people feel valued when information is shared transparently and instead of giving instructions if their ideas are sought uh, on coming up with solutions treating adults as adults i think these these couple of these very simple uh, concepts help in uh, you know showing that you value your people in the organization uh, you touched on the you know this this create an environment where you there's no sort of feel uh, fear of 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 a recompense of what you do or your actions which is creating that sort of psychological safety isn't it and that's that sort of place where you feel you can challenge you can contribute you can fail just going a bit more into that how do we create an environment and a culture that that people do feel that genuine psychological safety that they're going to they can do these things and push the boundaries and not feel they're going to get sacked for it or whatever it may be yeah so building psychological safety is not something that can happen overnight it's it's not magic uh it is uh, because we're talking about changing a mindset it takes time it's a journey and we have to be conscious of that you can't say that okay from tomorrow guys uh, this is going to be a psychologically safe workplace no it doesn't happen because it requires time for for everyone to understand what does this psychological safety really mean and the only way to show that is to demonstrate it and to demonstrate it consistently each time every time so what psychological safety all about it's it's creating an atmosphere where people do not 
have the fear of consequence when they raise an opinion, when they share a thought, when they come up with an idea, when they have a solution, they 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 feel free to talk about it. It's not only about uh, you know calling out if there is a problem or a concern. It's about feeling free to be able to use their brain to come up with solutions. Uh, when when people are empowered to take decisions, uh, you start eliminating some of the unnecessary approvals. You're demonstrating psychological safety. You're letting people know that you don't need my approval for everything that you have to do. You're mm-hmm. you're out there facing the customer. Just go ahead and do what you think is right for the business. It's your business. The moment you you start giving these messages and consistently act. Uh, in, in sync with the words that you're you're articulating, I think psychological safety becomes an experience. So uh, I, I know an organization uh, which is actually a jam and jelly manufacturer, and I was visiting their plant, and I noticed that uh, there is uh, there are there are freshers out of college, interns who are handling uh, groups of visitors who are tourists who are com- who are coming to the factory for a factory experience, and this person, a fresher has been given the freedom to give out free samples uh, based on a judgment he or she makes on whether this person could be a prospective customer. There's no control on how much of free samples can be given out. Now here, this, 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 this particular individual is looking at it as if she owns the business. Mm. So she takes a decision, she looks at this person, she says, okay, this is a prospective customer. Mm. I'm going to be generous with this customer so that this customer leaves with a great feeling about this company and will go back and will buy our products. The decision is happening at the edge of the organization, not, not in an ivory tower where the managers sit. And she's not going back for any approval at all. In fact, I experienced that. Uh, my daughter was curious to see how strawberry jam is manufactured. And she quickly, she took a dozen strawberries, made a jam, and she said, okay, have a taste. And we tasted a little bit. And she said, all this is yours. And we had a bottle of jam. Oh. Now, the business is not looking at this bottle of jam being given away as a freebie, but they are looking at the experience I carried back and mm. how that's going to translate into loads of money because I'm going to keep buying that product because I see that you know decision making there is not restricted. That's mm. what is impacting me. It's really not only the quality of the product, right? What I'm carrying back with me is an experience of how people are treated. And that experience is important in an organization, isn't it? Like, you know, at the front end of customer experience, it should be the same energy and focus should be on in the organization as leaders create those experiences. And and it goes back to what we've just been saying, you know, that, that trust piece again, and that sense of and that role modeling, you know, psychological safety is is role modeled. You know, people see that, you know, a leader happily says, oh, I made a mistake here um, because I was trying to do something new and push the boundaries, but here's what my learning is. Or challenge, they see them challenging their senior people in the business. That's role modeling where they feel, okay, if he can do it, it feels that's good for me to do. And it's, and it's, I think people, as you say, it's not a, you know, day one to day two, you're now psychologically safe. It's not like a, like some sort of test and you're there. It's actually through experience, through time. Yes. Um, one of the other aspects that, that you say that will help build organizations. We've, t- we've talked about trust, but this uh, whole sense of transparency, and I'd like you just to sort of expand a bit more about why that would help organizations become really great. Yeah. So 
So again, uh, how do you build trust? Uh, how do you demonstrate? Because you know, uh, you're hiring a lot of people. Uh, we start with being strangers, and then we become co-workers, and then we get to know each other. But how do you build trust in the process? Uh, there are very subtle, small things like uh, listening with empathy, uh, not being judgmental. Now, that's all that is you know at the initial stages when you're getting to know the know the employee when you're getting to know the individual both the the business and the people are getting to know each other so you can start with those small conversations uh, empathy conversations where you you first listen uh, to why somebody behaved in a particular manner why a particular decision was taken before be without being judgmental that's one way when how do you build trust through transparency is are you willing to share company information financial information right down to the junior most worker and it's not just about sharing information what's more important than that is are you willing to share information in a way that it is understood every single worker is he or she able to connect the dots between the work output that he or she gives how is it translating to a business outcome right if information is shared so transparently then you're actually trusting you're you're showing that you trust people and their capability and people don't see anything hidden it's all out there in front another way of being transparent is where you know decisions are made in in the board meetings right in the leadership meetings and in traditional organizations what happened is the the final outcome the decision uh, taken is cascaded down through layers what does the bottom most person in the value chain look at it as so the bottom the, the junior most person in the value chain looks at it as a decision that has got cascaded through several layers several levels so by the time it is reaching him or her he feels that many people have had a part to play in cutting down so for example there is a there is a bonus announced this happened very recently somebody said that i know that the managing director had actually sanctioned a much larger amount but by the time it got filtered through so many layers mm. people eliminated fractions of it and what i have got is a very small amount that's a perception because they do not know what's happening so how about opening up the decision making meetings to people the technology has made that possible you don't have to mm. transport everyone to your leadership meetings share the recording uh have couple of them attend the meetings log in and attend the meeting see what's happening so mm -hmm. even if the if the organization is going through a crisis there needs to be a pay cut what the people will see is why there is a pay cut mm -hmm. the acceptance is much more the resistance is is much less instead if the decision for a pay cut is taken there and it is only the decision is communicated without the rationale mm -hmm. without them seeing the discussions that happened without them seeing what the business leaders are going through in order to manage the business they'll think that it's a pay cut but you guys out there sitting in the ivory tower are enjoying everything so being very transparent about the why of decision that's that's mm. what we call as transparency and uh, uh, you know, breaking down silos uh, when when work flows from one department to another there are challenges that departments face but very often we hear people not understanding the other department's challenge and saying that yeah they take it very easy and unless i follow up it doesn't happen but on the mm. other hand they would say that yeah there are there's a lot of stuff that i'm already sitting on and my decision is going to take time because i have to wait for these further approvals 
so if, if if silos are broken down if people start talking to each other about the challenges what are their roadblocks and how his or her work is impacting the other person's work i think that's transparency mm-hmm. so transparency helps in in reducing the vertical power distance like the board meetings example that i gave and also the horizontal power distance between departments so breaking silos both vertically and horizontally reduces the power distance and that kind of transparency helps build trust that's a great insight and i think really helpful um when we're thinking about transparency how do we determine the boundary of how transparent we are and it's that it'd be interesting because people say well you can't be transparent with everything and how do we how do we do that judgment call it's quite tricky isn't it yeah so uh, you know this this always amuses me because uh, yeah i've been guilty of it myself too uh, till the time i got a realization that this is just a myth very often we start off thinking that people are not going to understand this because they're just fresh out of college uh, uh, he or she is not going to get this right because even if i give the information he won't be able to take a decision because he's got much less experience than me these are dangerous starting points i think it's very important for us to first get away from this assumption that people cannot take decisions right so that's that's one thing which will which will open our minds uh, to be able to share information transparently right and we're also sitting with this very comfortable under this myth that information does not go out honestly speaking in the digital age in the information era it's very easy to get information through direct sources through indirect sources so there's really no big secret out there right so it makes sense to share information transparently in a way that people can understand and use that information for taking decisions mm-hmm. however there'll always be people who'll challenge me saying that what about trade secrets yeah obviously you're not going to share trade secrets openly you're going to go out there and say this is a trade secret use this with discretion and trust that people will use discretion mm-hmm. right there are people who will still challenge me saying how can i trust that people will, will use discretion what if information leaks but like i said trust is not something which happens overnight if you have built psychological safety if you have been transparent if you have trusted their capability if you have trusted their integrity and they have seen you demonstrating that again and again and again now when you are at a point where you have to share a trade secret and you tell them that this is a trade secret share it with discretion they're mm-hmm. already in that space where they feel they belong they own this company as much as you do and they will share it with discretion mm-hmm. the point is build that maturity slowly consistently by demonstrating mm. that you trust yeah there could always be some black sheep somewhere but how many black sheep do we find and for that one black sheep is it right to punish the, the other 100 mm. no so that's what we have to think about so build trust through transparency build psychologically safe space and then figure out what information and how much information you will share but what's really important especially when you're sharing financial information it's important to share in such a simple manner that people are able to join the dots and connect their work mm. outputs with the business outcomes mm. and i guess what we're saying here is that transparency becomes almost a a fuel 
for trust, doesn't it? Because the more transparent you are, the more trusting you are, because there's elements of trust with transparency as well. And it actually, in a positive way, creates that greater trust. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really good, actually. Absolutely. Treating adults as adults and transparency. I think they are few they are the elements of trust well harina harini uh, thank you for your uh, sort of thoughts on how we can build awesome workplaces uh, through valuing people but also you know creating that trust and uh, and and, you, and using the whole aspects of transparency uh, through our leadership it's been great i really appreciate that um if people are interested in in what you do and want to connect with you and want to get in touch with you what's the best way of doing that um, Harini Srinivasan is my name. I, uh, it's on the screen. And uh, uh, the best way to reach out to me is, is on LinkedIn. Uh, message me on LinkedIn. And uh, I uh, live by a mission of responding very quickly. Uh, Julian, you must have seen that. So I do that yes. unless uh, <laughs> unless I'm, I'm at work in a session or in a meeting. But uh, I think that's the best way to reach out to me. Um, I, I do keep sharing small microblogs on LinkedIn. I'll be happy if uh, people are willing to get into a conversation by commenting on those, uh, because I value comments, I read every comment, and that will enrich me as well. So I'm, I look forward to uh, a great interaction on LinkedIn, uh, easiest way to reach out, and happy to share my email address and have a conversation anytime. Brilliant. Well, thank you for your time today, Harini. Pleasure was all mine, Julian. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking about a subject which is so close to my heart. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you do like this episode, then please do rate, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, we coach high-performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. We'll help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.